Welcome back to Considerations from the Capital from the Deeper Dive Podcast. My name is Bill Winnell. As always, joined by Father Larry Swing. Good afternoon, Father. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Happy Feast of the Holy Family today. And indeed. Uh, and today, Father will reflect on today's first reading from Sirach. God sets, a, God sets a father in honor over his children, a mother's authority he confirms over her son. Whoever honors his father atones for sins and and, pre, and preserves himself from them. When he prays, he is heard. He stores up riches who reveres his mother. Whoever honors his father is gladdened by children, and when he prays, is heard. Whoever reveres his father will live a long life. He who obeys his father brings comfort to his mother. My son, take care of your father when he is old. Grieve him not as long as he lives. Even if his mind fail, be considerate of him. Revile him not all the days of his life. Kindness to a father will not be forgotten. Firmly planted against the debt of your sins, a house raised in justice to you. Father. Okay. Well, folks, you know, today is a feast of the Holy Family. And this first reading uh, is really sort of the, uh, it's a launch pad, so to speak, for the fourth commandment. And uh, I think it would be just good to reflect today on this fourth commandment because it has to deal with family and uh, the duties of children towards parents and the duties of parents towards children. And uh, so we'll look at, base, uh, you know, three points, um, and it's duties of children towards parents, duties of parents towards children, and directing, not distracting kids and their vocation. So those are the three points I made at Mass this weekend. And uh, so what is the fourth commandment? You know, I have an ongoing bet to young adults. Uh, I, I did it actually at all the masses. And it was a $20 bet if anyone can tell, list the Ten Commandments in order. And I still have 20 bucks in my wallet. Uh, two kids tried and they failed miserably. Uh, the first question is, do you know the Ten Commandments? They're not suggestions. Anyway, look them up, memorize them, know them. And they're important, why? Because Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. But we got to know them first. But the fourth commandment um, is honor your father and mother. And um, it says in the book of Sirach, whoever honors his father atones for his sins and preserves himself from them. When he prays, he is heard. Um, the fourth commandment actually has a biblical promise that we will live a long and prosperous life. St. Paul tells us that. And uh, in another reading in the Bible, uh, and uh, so what does this mean? Is that we have to have respect for, for parents and the catechism of the Catholic Church, uh, which is explains the Bible, says as long as the child lives at home with his parents, the child should obey his parents in all that they ask if it is good for that of the family. I remember growing up, uh, one of the chores that everyone hated, I'm the oldest of 10 kids, is to mop the kitchen floor and I don't know why this was one of those just dreaded chores, but it it involved um, a commercial bucket, one of those old school mops that look like you know disgusting hair, um, thick hair on a on a big stick. And um, I don't know, it wasn't the worst job in the world, but it just seemed like everyone dreaded it to be assigned that job. Anyway, I remember that my brother Michael, it was his time to do it. He was only eight years old. And my dad used to try to motivate us with like giving us like the the sort of the mantras of the day. And Nike was big back then. And he was like, Mike, Mike, just be like Nike and just do it. And um, without missing a beat, it was like a 15 second pause. My my little brother looked at my dad and said, 
dad, why don't you be like Home Depot and do it yourself? <laughs> and uh, my dad had a good laugh for that. My brother uh, went to his room and I ended up mopping the floor. Thanks, Mike. But um, he showed a disrespect for uh, my father and he did, uh, disobeyed a, a direct order and it wasn't a, a serious matter, but nonetheless, it just created, you know, friction. And a lot of times we just have a hard time with obedience. And, you know, we live in a society as question authority. You see bumper stickers like this and it's like, well, if it's a God given authority, we must respect it. Now, the only time a person can disrespect their parents, if they live at home or any time that let's say me as a priest can disrespect or disrespect rightful authority it says here, if a child is convinced in conscience that it would be morally wrong to obey a particular order, he must not do so, right? Uh, and so what that means is like, for instance, if like a parent were to tell their kid, like, you're not allowed to go to mass and the kid were to, you know, escape through the side window and walk to mass, that would not be a sin. It would actually be an act of virtue. Um, uh, if the bishop were to tell me to like give communion to an atheist or, you know, let's say, bless the same-sex marriage in good conscience. I couldn't do it. Why? Because um, in essence, it would be telling me to do something that I believe is sinful. So, but otherwise, you know, if he tells me to, you know, uh, to take an assignment or do this or, you know, move here or go there, I do it, right? It's out of obedience. I, I owe him uh, respect and honor. And we do to those that um, that we live, unless they were telling us. And, and I don't think many parents uh, if they're of a right mind, would tell their children to sin, okay? But anyway, moving on. Um, you know, there's also, um, you know, t you know, it says with children towards parents, there's another part that's important, and it comes from this particular reading. It says, my son, take care of your father when he is old. Grieve him not as long as he lives. Even if his mind fail, be considered of him, you know? And, and we've all, you know, especially if you're, listen right now and your parents are elderly, uh, you might have experiences watching your parents kind of get, you know, sort of um, older. And the catechism says that in times of illness, loneliness, and distress, that we must support them, right? Uh, and uh, I think this is vitally important, you know, that we have a duty to take care of our aging parents. Uh, I remember my my um, my mom took my, grand, my dad's mother into her house. She was a staunch Lutheran. And let's just say this, my grandmother, my mom sort of butted heads over religious, religious issues. And, uh, and my grandmother was a little bit upset that my father converted to Catholicism when he got married to my mother. So, but anyway, long story short, uh, she's dying of cancer in my living room. My mom just took care of her day and night for months. It was an exhausting venture and would take her to daily mass. And eight days before she died, um, she asked my mom if she go to communion. She says, no, you're not Catholic. And she goes, no, I want to become Catholic. And lo and behold, she was serious. And she converted to the Catholic faith. A priest gave her the last rites and sacraments, confirmation, uh, first confession, uh, communion, uh, anointing the sick. I mean, she just got the whole, you know, the whole shebang and um, died eight days later and got a Catholic funeral. It was just amazing witness of love. And her conversion over the care my mom took with her as she died. But she was obeying God's command that comes from the book of Sirach. And so then there's the duties of parents to his children. And the book of Sirach says, God sets a father in honor over his children, a mother's authority he confirms over her sons. And, um, you know, we, we see here is that, you know, God gives father and mother the authority to raise their children. And the duty of parents is to raise their children. 
And uh, the catechism makes this point that, and then notice it says this, the role, I quote, the role of parents in education is of such importance that it is almost impossible to provide an adequate substitute. Uh, and that's a very strong statement that the church gives to parents is like, your, your role is just irreplaceable. And, and I think we all, we all kind of recognize the, the fact that we become very much like our parents, whether we like it or not. And, uh, you know, we learn certain behaviors, ways of speech, ways of acting, ways of dealing with people. Uh, it all, we're, we're chips off the old block. And, and, and I think, you know, what is needed more than ever is just, you know, good, good father and mother examples. And it's not easy in today's culture to do this, but nonetheless, it still has to be done. And once again, uh, parents are irreplaceable. You know, there was, a, there was this thing called 12 Rules of How to Raise a Juvenile Delinquent. And I'll just read like three of these points that I thought were pretty good. And as a police officer from Texas, he was just making the point to parents is like, the reason a lot of these kids end up in jail is you're not doing your job. I mean, I, it was just a, it was a, a strong statement. But he, he said, number, uh, number three, he says, this is a police officer. This is the third point because we don't have time to do all of them, but you can look it up online. Uh, he says, never give him any spiritual training. Wait till he's 21 and then let him decide for himself. You know, I mean, unfortunately, we just see a lot of parents. They don't, I mean, they don't even baptize their children today. They don't bring them to church. They don't talk about God. They don't bring them to confession. Well, I mean, what do you think is going to happen when this culture is so strong? It's like this tidal wave um, of secularism. I mean, you know, the kids need to hear the word of God and they're smart. Kids get it. Um, number, another thing he said is, um, give a child all the spending money he wants, never let him earn on his own. Why should he have, why should things, uh, um, why, uh, why should he have things as tough as you had them? Uh, it's an interesting point. You know, it was like, you know, some of us re re recognize that we had to actually, you know, work for things and we had to struggle to make things happen. And, and I think what happens is like, you know, we learn virtue from, from home that, you know, life isn't easy and we have to learn how to overcome obstacles. Um, and that last point, I think out of the 12, I thought was really good. He said, take his part over neighbors, teachers, and police officers. They're all prejudiced against your child. And I think one of the interesting dynamics we're seeing in our modern culture is like this sort of defiance over any time someone corrects someone's kid, you know? I mean, a good teacher who spends hours with this, you know, a fourth grader, you know, would tell the kid, you know, you need to, you know, you need to watch your language, Johnny. And Johnny's parents call up and say, how dare you make my son feel bad? You know, he's a good boy. Well, these parents spend little time with their children, if any, and, um, they don't realize that the, the teacher's trying to help the child to grow in virtue. And when I got in trouble growing up and they called my parents, I got in trouble again. <laughs> but today it's almost the opposite. The one who corrects gets in trouble. And I just think parents, you got to realize that if the teacher's good or there's people, um, you know, that uh, are there to, you know, you've given the responsibility, raise your kid, let them do it. Um, you can't, but, you know, once again, you, uh, no one can replace you as a parent. And, uh, but just think about, you know, this, this, you know, this duty to raise the kids in the faith. Um, yeah, let's just leave it at that. I mean, that last point, well, we can go into just a little bit, you know, in today's gospel, uh, we see Jesus being presented in the temple and the, uh, Simeon, the high priest, uh, as after he goes through the ritual, of uh, more than likely circumcision and the dedication to, to God, 
uh, he hands the baby Jesus back to Mary and said, this is a sign that will be contradicted and uh, a sword shall pierce your own heart. And, um, you know, I mean, he makes this this uh, really um, uh, sort of, I would say, quote unquote, awful prophecy that this uh, this kid will die and that the mom will suffer watching this. And uh, we know from the scriptures that Mary didn't get in the way of Jesus' mission, his vocation, which was to die for humanity. And, and I think, too, is there's certain things that a parent can't choose for their children, and that's like what their vocation is, uh, namely, you know, who that kid marries and um, what they do for a living and, uh, you know, what choice God has for them. You know, if if your son were to ask, you know, hey, dad, mom, I want to be a priest, would you be delighted or just be resistant to that, you know, if you were willing to sacrifice, you know, the 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 pleasures of marriage and family life, you know, to give his self as a sacrifice for the church, would you see that as a gift or would you get in the way of that? Um, you know, if someone falls in love with someone and there's, you know, they really found a good mate, you know, and would you be, have the trust to let your child go, you know, to follow their call to matrimony? I mean, the person has to like choose this for themselves. And the catechism makes that point is that, um, you know, parents are to not distract um, their kids from their vocation, but kind of lead them there. And Mary was there to help her son. Well, obviously he's God, but kind of like just not get in the way, but to encourage him to follow the will of God. So just to kind of consider and not to kind of, you know, smother the kid uh, when he's trying to figure out like, where's God sending me and like helping them and guiding them rather than commanding them, you know, Hey, you're going to be an engineer. <laughs> well, what if he doesn't want to be an engineer? You know, what if God doesn't want to be an engineer? You know, there comes a point where that child has to choose. Uh, and it might contradict what you want, that, uh, you know, as the parent. And there takes a lot of degree of trust in God's providence in that, in that degree, you know, to, in that. But, and also I will, I will add lot, one last point is that, you know, many of you probably struggle with the fact that your children left the faith, right? And you did a great job raising them. And you did everything you possibly can. And somehow, you know, the culture, the evil one, it seemingly has taken them from you. And it's not, you know, it. just remember this is that the battle's not over until until the end, right? And uh, just have faith. Like the, the prophet Annas who went and prayed day and night made sacrifices in today's gospel. You know, uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of folks are just, you know, don't give up, you know, that this is, you know, uh, God never promised that there wouldn't be tri tribulations as he did in today's gospel. And he didn't say that family life would be easy either. Uh, and it, not, it really isn't many times because, you know, it's just a group of sinners trying to get to heaven, right? So we turn to the Holy Family and ask for their holy intercession to help us all to love our families, to do good for them, you know, to respect lawful authority, to train the kids properly. But at the end of the day, just, just simply, you know, love our family in a, in a powerful way. And uh, thank God for my parents. And I, I think all of us should pray for our parents today on this Holy Family. And if you're a parent, just ask the Holy Family for grace to continue on this journey of leading your kids towards heaven. All right. Happy Feast to the Holy Family. God bless you all.